Warning, the following podcast found way more words you can't say on television than George Carlin knew about. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Hymns and by The Scathing Atheist Story Hour, now available wherever a drag queen is canceled. The Scathing Atheist Story Hour. They'll beg you to bring back the drag queens. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi, this is Emily Waters, your friendly neighborhood moderator extraordinaire. And based on the smell alone at the last Atheist Con I attended, I can assure you that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. It's July 4th. And we celebrated by kicking England's ass again. <laughs> Listen, mayor for the save. Alex Morgan for the win. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from McJugger Nuggets, New Jersey, Cincinnati Swing State, and Good Husband, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, America warms to the idea of separate but equal bakeries, a Colombian bishop, accidentally invents a helicopter method for producing crack cocaine. And the GOP will damn near target Heath by name. But first, the diatribe. A couple decades back, I had a buddy, we'll call him Lester, and Lester said he was psychic. Now, at the time, I didn't dismiss that as prima facie bullshit because I actually believe that was a real thing. I actually thought some people had psychic powers. So, hey, why not Lester? He seemed like a pretty smart guy. I was inclined to believe him. But unfortunately for my potential career in bullshit, I still wanted evidence. See, like many other people who were new to the world of Wu, I was convinced that at some point, if I looked hard enough, I'd find evidence. You know, not proof necessarily, but a single piece of evidence, at least, that would be easier to explain if Wu was right and science was wrong. And at first, I figured that should be a pretty simple task. But over and over again, every promising lead would turn to dust. So here I was with what appeared to be a genuine psychic. After all, his girlfriend agreed wholeheartedly with his precognitive proclivity. So I put him to the test. Now, at first, he was pretty stoked about this. I drew up some Zenner cards. You, you might remember those from the opening of Ghostbusters where Bill Murray's trying to fuck the hairspray hoarder lady. So he gets there. We run through all 100 of them. Of course, by chance, he should be picking something like 20% of them correctly. I recorded all his answers. I summed it up. And sure enough, no sign of psychic ability. He came in right around, you know, I don't know, 21, 22% or so. So we decided to run him again. And we did. And he did worse, but still right about 20% or so. But I'd be damned if I was going to give up that easy. After all, how often does one get such a ripe opportunity to prove all of human knowledge to be an error? So we adjusted the test. I asked if he could come back a couple days later when I could have a few friends over. Then, instead of me looking at a card and him trying to read my mind, several people could look at the card and he could try to develop a psychic connection with any of them. Lester thought this was a splendid idea. He also reminded me that his psychic abilities always work best when he was high, so maybe we should smoke a shitload of weed before we did it again. And I thought that was a splendid idea. So we did. A couple days later, he comes back. We fog out my living room. We try again twice. 200 guesses again. And again, no sign of psychic ability. 
We did have one trial that was pretty high compared to what he'd done before, but not enough to crack what we had agreed in advance was the psychic level. So he parted company and I was left pouring over a data sheet that very clearly showed random chance in action. But I didn't want it to show that, so I squinted. And when that didn't help, I closed my left eye. I turned the paper 40 degrees to the right, held up my left hand, spread out the fingers. And when I only looked at the data between my middle finger and my ring finger, it turned out Lester was psychic after all. So the next day I come back and I said, hey, bro, I think I figured out the problem. See, I'm looking over the numbers. I'm noticing that you usually start slow and you close bad. But in the middle there, you tend to do really well. And, and that all made sense to me in like a motivated reasoning kind of way. After all, you got to warm up those psychic powers, don't you? You can't just come in cold and then eventually they'll start to wear out. So if I ignore the first 12 trials and assume his psychic ability starts crapping out around trial number 70 or so, I notice he actually does cross over the line. He actually is psychic. So I go back through our extensive data set of four trials and notice that this pattern holds almost all the time. Actually, in one of them, he actually did worse if I did it that way. But in the other three, he does significantly better. And that one outlier shouldn't count. After all, that was the second trial on the first day. He was already worn out when we started. So I say, hey, let's do that experiment one more time, Lester. But we're only going to do 70 trials and we'll throw out the first 15 or so. We'll call that your warm up period. But suddenly, Lester didn't want to play anymore. See, at this point, I could still contort my reasoning just enough to justify calling him psychic as long as I got to make up the rules as I went along. But Lester seemed to know where this was going. If I ran this test and it failed, I'd probably come up with something else and that would also fail. And I'd come up with something else which would also fail. And at a certain point, I'd give up and Lester would have to deal with the fact that he wasn't psychic. And Lester did not want that. See, this is a gauntlet that all woo merchants, religious people, and otherwise self-deluded folk have to pass through. There comes a point when you recognize that more knowledge, more information, more data can only serve to hurt you. Now, some of us keep going. We keep hunting for that data until we reluctantly admit that it isn't there to find. There's no such thing as magic. And Lester was just a combination of full of shit and good at guessing. But others don't pass through that way. They end up staying there, finding some side exit or whatever. They intentionally stop gathering information or else they vet it more carefully to make sure their assumptions are never going to get challenged by what they learn. They intentionally refuse to learn enough to make themselves wrong. And that's why much of the time it doesn't matter whether they're lying. You know, we spend a lot of time as atheists on this, like, you know, do these Jesus peddling millionaires actually believe what they're selling? Does that palm reading charlatan know she's a con artist or has she convinced herself she has superpowers? But this is not an either or a question. You can both know and not know you're lying because as soon as you actively stop trying to learn, you've admitted to yourself that your beliefs won't and can't hold up to scrutiny. So every time anybody ever went into a Christian bookstore or logged into a spiritual website or took their kids to a creationist museum, they're already admitting they're lying. They may not have said it out loud, but their actions betray the truth. They know they're lying, whether they know it or not. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the straw and sticks to my bricks, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to huff, puff, and or blow? That That's actually the house I got from the sorting hat. <laughs> I feel you, Heath. You face fuck one magic hat and all of a sudden you're the school weirdo. I get <laughs> you. Yes. 
in our lead story tonight. According to a new survey by the Public Religion Research Institute, the United States became mathematically more evil over the last five years. Yeah. The major finding was that every single political demographic of Americans became noticeably more in favor of allowing business owners to discriminate against gay customers and go ahead and run their store like a fucking segregated lunch counter for hetero-only food. It's like we're using an Orwellian fucking checklist. There's a guy in an office. He's like, hey, y'all, is freedom slavery yet? I think because I'm pretty sure we got the hat trick. <laughs> Tonight on Sean Hannity, freedom is slavery, despite what dummy AOC says. <laughs> now four my pillow ads in a row. <laughs> Language means nothing. Words are meaningless. Lovely. So, uh, yeah, here's how everybody did on the test, the survey. So in 2014, we had about four out of five Republicans believing that when a human being wants to purchase an item at a store, they should be allowed to do that. And uh, they, they also agreed that chewing Trident after meals was cool, even for gay people. <laughs> even if the restaurant and the gum company thought those gay people should be you know, denied the meal and the gum and instead get murdered with rocks. But over the last five years, the number of Republican bigots more than doubled. Jesus. And now 47% believe that having to let a, a gay person pay you money for a thing is religious persecution. 47%. Almost half the party of Lincoln believes Jesus. that now. Okay, but to be fair, imagine identifying as a Republican in 2019 and not being a bigot, right? What's in it for that guy? How much do you hate Texas? Yeah, and, and I want to be super fucking clear here. If we're measuring this stuff by things like, you know, what words mean? This is no different than a study showing that half of Republicans now think linoleum is a food. There is just a correct fucking answer here. And that brings us to the good news. No. Uh, or translated into 2019 terms. I mean, horrible news that's slightly less evil, but still super evil. Yeah. Uh, the survey found that the number of Democrats went from 11% up to 18% over the last five years. And for Americans wow. overall, we went from 16% believing in legalized economic segregation up to 30%. So uh, I guess everyone, everyone look to the person on your left and <laughs> now look to the person on your right. If one of those people doesn't hate gay people, then... Uh, you probably hate gay <laughs> yeah. people statistically. Okay, now you're just reading Michael Shermer's tweets, Heath. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be fair. And uh, one last detail. Uh, the survey found that 24% of Americans think it's okay for a Christian person to have a store with a separate entrance for atheists. And, uh, of course, that entrance curls back onto the sidewalk. Yeah. And the number is 22% for denying Muslims. 19% for denying Jewish people and 15% for denying black people. God damn it, I thought we had that one settled. 15%. We absolutely do not. 15%. <laughs> Bottom line, 
This is what happens when religion gets legitimized by having major political figures in power. Yes. The Overton window gets pulled so hard on one stupid corner that it looks like a goddamn expressionist painting in a Tim Burton movie. Ridiculous. <laughs> we live in a Nazi version of a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> do Lovely. Do. Trump 2020, a Nazi version of a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> <laughs> And in easy scrum, easy go news tonight. Phenomenal. It turns out, <laughs> That's thank excellent. You, thank you. <laughs> it turns out that in Australia, there's an even more controversial Israel. Uh, and this one <laughs> also hates the gays. So <laughs> yep. first, with uh, preemptive apologies to the apparently 4% of Australia's overall population that's written to me specifically to ask why the fuck I haven't talked about this story. <laughs> let me catch everybody up on the tale of Israel Falau. Fuck you. There you go. Israel, fuck your face. Yeah. Um, He is Australia's homophobe in chief and an occasional rugby player. Uh, For the Americans in our audience, rugby is if you combined the running into each other of football and the boring of soccer. Rest loves the crap out of it, though. I I don't know why. They just love it. Great. Yeah. And and for the rugby players in the audience or, you know, football players, soccer players, anybody who likes any sport, uh, Shakespeare is the... Page turning of books plus the boring of books. <laughs> You're not even in the book when you read it. <laughs> All right. So the story begins when Falau takes it upon himself to opine on the postmortem destination of gay people, namely the burning in hell for all of eternity they have to look forward to. So Rugby Australia terminates his contract for being an asshole and a bigot. And yes, they have a pretty specific no publicly being an asshole bigot clause in the contract that all the rugby players have to sign. But that does not stop Falau from freaking the fuck out and threatening to sue Rugby Australia over this. Uh, Okay, so if he wins the lawsuit, Rugby Australia would have to read his contract out loud to him (laughs) so he can Yeah, well, if he wins is all a pure hypothetical. There's no fucking chance. Of course, that left Falau in a spot because it, the last contract he signed was only worth about six million bucks over four years. So how could he afford all this bigotry? Well, luckily for him, bigotry is super easy to crowdsource. Uh, Australia has universal health care, so their GoFundMe isn't clogged up with old folks hoping to crowdsource their lung transplants. So he wow. sets up a GoFundMe to cover his future legal bills that he intends to <laughs> incur when he launches this unwinnable suit. Fuck you. Yeah, well, unfortunately for him, GoFundMe also has a policy against using their platform to fund discrimination. So despite wild success early, they shut him the fuck down and refunded all the money. You know that there's a Christian bigot out there whose credit card has just been a fucking ping pong paddle this year. Right. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys just paddling to Australia, canoe full of gold bars. <laughs> Mr. Flau, Mr. Flau, I made it. You can buy some. Being a bigot? Yeah. I don't don't get your lawsuit. Here you go. Anyway. Well, okay, but fear not, though. If there's one thing the internet can always manage, it's finding a way to fund bigotry. Enter the Australian Christian Lobby, or NAMBLA, which is basically like if the (laughs) Alliance Defending Freedom fucked the American Family Association, then exiled the baby to Australia for looking kind of black. So they say... We'll fund your homophobia, dude. And they start their own crowdfunding drive for his legal expenses with the goal of raising $3 million so that he can sue Rugby Australia for, I don't know, but less than $3 million. (laughs) Also, no one did any illegal shit, so he's going to lose regardless of the amount. Right. 
bright side, unless I'm mistaken, Australia has that like pay the other guy's legal fees rule. So basically what the Christians are crowdfunding is like Jeff Blackwell's Australian counterpart's salary. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so give till it hurts, I guess. Yeah. Right? Right. Let's, get, <laughs> let's get Crocodile Blackwell paid. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all we've got on the story at the moment. But don't worry. I'm sure we're going to revisit it eventually in far greater detail on GAM once David A.R. White gets buffed up to his rugby weight. <laughs> <laughs> and in Kids These Gays news tonight, according to Glad's 2019. Bye bye, Birdie. Nailed thank it. you. Thank you. According to Glad's 2019 Accelerating Acceptance Report, this is the second year in a row. That LGBTQ acceptance among Americans aged 18 to 34 has dropped. Damn, I told you we never should have let Heath age out of that cohort. Yep, exactly. You don't know. I do. do. (laughs) So in the survey, survey, non-LGBTQ identifying Americans were asked about whether they would be comfortable with their family member having a gay teacher, learning a family member was gay, or even just learning that their doctor was gay. And again, for the second year in a row, more and more young people think that's icky. What the fuck? Not being bigots was your entire job. That's the <laughs> whole thing. What would you say uh, you do here, 18 yeah. to 34-year-olds? <laughs> it's it's not vote. So what would you say you do here? Yeah. Now, a couple of mitigating factors to point out here. The first is that some have pointed out that since this data is based on people who identify as non-LGBT, and more and more young people are identifying as some form of LGBTQ, the study may accidentally be biasing itself towards bigots. Yeah, okay, Okay. yes, right. I mean, but that's absolutely wrong for a couple of reasons. First of all, the numbers don't line up, right? The number dropped (laughs) by 8% over a year. The rise in LGBT identification is nowhere near 8% in a year. Almost like you could look that up and check. Yes, exactly, exactly, and not throw out that bullshit. But more importantly, the total number didn't move, just the number in that demographic. So, yes, young people are more bigoted. I feel like maybe this ties into the lead story, too, somehow. (laughs) 16 and 17 year old people two years ago fucking suck, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Yep. So that said, I'm, I'm more inclined that, as Noah pointed out, the ruling political party in the United States making gay Americans its main target for ever might be working. Right? Yeah. Like maybe it's possible that everyone left, right, and center has been targeting and victimizing queer people and it's working because they aren't just on TV and Will and Grace anymore. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. If your opinion about gay people was based on will and grace, that reboot definitely made you more of a bigot. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. It did. Love the original. Jack and Grinder don't mix. Either way, this is uh, super disappointing. But uh, you know what Joe Biden always says? Hold on to the torch for a little while longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Balances out the pitchfork. And in porn again news tonight. As of today, Heath has been an Ohio resident for, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much exactly one year. Close. Woo. Not official, but yeah, close. Pretty pretty, pretty damn close. So it yeah. should come as no surprise that the state legislators are starting to worry about the dizzying increase in total online porn viewership in the state that has accompanied his arrival. Specifically, <laughs> State Representative Jenna Powell, who introduced House Resolution 180 this week, labeling pornography, quote, a public health hazard that must be stopped. End quote. 
Jenna seems fun. <laughs> with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pee porn. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking footloose character. All right. So within the body of the resolution, she enumerates the problems caused or exacerbated by pornography. And it reads like Napoleon's indictment of snowball. According <laughs> to Powell, porn can be blamed directly for um, videos of Marxist pigs fucking each other. Is that where she's <laughs> Only the best of it. But yes, no human trafficking, rape. The Me Too movement. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so porn is both pro and anti-rape? I guess it gets is canceled out somewhere. Yeah. Um, child sex abuse. Addiction, just in general. Sure. Um, physical illness. I mean, pink eye? Dude, wash your hands. What are you talking <laughs> about? No. She also has... Um, really sticky. A, emotional illness, which is not a thing in the she, world you know she wrote mental illness and someone was like boo nerd and she was like obviously sorry, <laughs> sorry. emotional illness there <laughs> we go and also i love this one negative impact on healthy brain development Woo. and, and jerking out all them neurons <laughs> yeah okay well apparently this uh, resolution is the brainchild of the National Decency Coalition, which supports Donald Trump and is still allowed to have that fucking name. So fuck the English language and whoever's in charge of names. <sighs> but they proudly report that this is the 15th state to introduce such a measure. Uh, now, it's not like a, a law that does a thing. It's just a non-binding no. agreement among the state government that porn is evil and of the devil. All right, all rise here in the House Legislature of Ohio. Again, it's 2019. Jen wants us all to declare that porn causes physical illness <laughs> for realsies. <laughs> Excellent, great. Let's uh, hit some hammers, not lose our jobs. We're all adults. <laughs> We're all adults in a purple state, so yes, let's keep trying to parse out the difference between Donald Trump and Liz Warren. We're really not getting anywhere so far with that. We have no idea how they're different. State. Our vote counts like a hundred times more than Jesus a California person. Right or right oh, God, don't remind me. And while we help Heath pick out a just-in-case backup home, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our first sponsor this week, Hims. Do you have a problem with premature ejaculation? Don't want to try 4 then why not try Heath Enright's early bird excuses? Why'd I stop? Um, cause, because I'm mad at you. That's why. I'm very angry. 4hims.com is virtual prescription healthcare designed for men. At 4hims.com, you can get a convenient and affordable prescription for Cetraline, an SSRI that's been shown to help some men with premature ejaculation. Or you can say this. You don't usually do a, a practice one? Weird. You're weird. Best yet, if approved by the doctor, it can be delivered right to your door in discreet packaging. And best of all, our listeners get a special offer. You can get started for just $10. Just go to forhims.com slash atheist to get started. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash atheist. Prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. Because nobody is buying this. Oh, that? No, no. I just spilled, uh, I spilled some garlic sauce. Yes, yep, garlic sauce. 
A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes you a slut, right? Hey, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in misogyny. One of Trump's first acts as president was to stop this program that gave foreign aid to countries, even if they were going to use some of the money for evil abortions. This is a thing Reagan started called the Mexico City policy, and it's basically a ping pong ball that gets knocked back the other way every time the party in power shifts. So people didn't make a huge deal out of it at the time. But I think it's worth drilling in on a little, because a new study just published in The Lancet has shown pretty damn conclusively that this policy actually leads to more abortions. And it's not hard to figure out how this works. The groups most affected by this are the humanitarian organizations that focus in on lowering birth rates. With those groups starved for funds, access to contraception goes down. Unwanted pregnancies go up. So in the nations most affected by the policy, the abortion rate actually spikes about 40% every time a Republican takes over the executive branch. Now, if the policy was really about opposition to abortion, the obvious conclusion here is that you rescind it. And nobody in the GOP is even suggesting that. Just something useful to have in your pocket when somebody challenges the assertion that these policies are actually about controlling women. And speaking of controlling women, Kevin Sorbo is back in the news. Or just in the news, I guess. Pretty much any time he's being talked about outside of god-awful movies, it's a pretty substantial spike in Google Trends for the guy. Anyway, the other day he took to Twitter to chastise all the feminists that weren't defending Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even though she had a vagina. But in addition to attracting the attention of plenty of people that instructed him on ever more creative ways of fucking himself, he also attracted the attention of one Haley Webb, his co-star in a 2015 film single in South Beach. Anyway, Haley's response read, quote, I don't think the person who repeatedly tried to pressure his three-decade younger co-star into sleeping with him, publicly shaming her on the set when she refused, and insisting the director add unnecessary sex scenes between us, should be flapping his gums about feminism. End quote. Apply ointment. And in case you're wondering, yes, Kevin Sorbo is married. And yes, he was married in 2015. What a delightful way for his wife to find out. Anyway, while we revel in Sorbo's misfortune, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in what? Pride of Frankenstein news <laughs> tonight. Weird. Ah, prom night. A badly planned school dance that somehow revolves around the cool kids fucking and the Mormon kids proposing to each other. <laughs> I remember my prom like it was yesterday. In that I, I don't remember it at all. Even a little. It's all it's kind of a blur. Either way, it can be tough. But it is tougher if you're queer. And even tougher than that. If you're queer and Christian bigots lose their goddamn minds at the thought of you having a place to dance. And that's exactly what happened in Jacksonville, Florida this week, when the Jacksonville Public Library had to cancel its storybook pride prom thanks to Christian assholes. Wow. Um, okay, so this is obviously not the answer, but I bet we could trick them. We could trick the bigots if the event was called an LGBT shame prom. Like, <laughs> we could. I'd be like, that would the bigots would just be like, all right, all right. They seem contrite in that title. I mean, I get that. I, I do weepy dancing sometimes, like after a banana. You know. Now, this was all organized by one Christian asshole in particular, activist mommy Elizabeth Johnson, who regular listeners of the show will remember for Burning Teen Vogue when they discussed anal sex. Yep. And then burning highlights magazine when it acknowledged that people exist 
When she couldn't find the part that was different in the right. pictures, let's be honest. <laughs> Basically, this woman's entire career is going to the dentist's office, getting offended, and then burning what she read on Facebook. <laughs> also, she looks like the test market for Nazi-themed hair dye. So she that's does. <laughs> Sieg highlights. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's rough. Picture somebody yelling at a waiter who didn't bring a straw with the glass of white Zinfandel. That's her. You picture her. You got it. Mean Rachel feeling attacked. Right. So <laughs> Johnson heard that gay kids would get to go to a dance. And so she rounded up her dozens of million moms to harass the <laughs> library. We have complaints, promises of counter protests of a child dance. And of course, <laughs> death threats. Yep. Death <laughs> threats. Their argument is gayness hurts our children. And then when that falls apart, they switch to, okay, well, we'll make it then. <laughs> Fuck is happening. Yeah. So thanks to that last one in particular, the library canceled the event uh, because of security concerns, leading to some disappointed teens. But kids, gay kids, come on. Come on in if you're listening. And I know you are. We're actually super popular with teenagers here on The Scathing Atheist. Reschedule. I'm telling you right now, reschedule 20 years from now. Drinks are on me, Elizabeth Johnson's grave. It's going to be dank. We'll dab. We'll we'll shoot sweet plumes. We'll we'll eat ass. Whatever you kids are into. This is what I'm told. And in Honey Davenpat news, <laughs> RuPaul deep cut, folks. RuPaul deep cuts here on the skating. Thank you, Angus. Honey Davenport, Davenpat Robertson. He looks like honey. No idea. Okay, so host of the 700 Club and official spokesman for Face Gravity of America, Pat Robertson, <laughs> is still technically alive. Boo, I think. boo. And uh, Patty Melts had his handlers slowly drizzle him into a zoot suit for another episode last week during which he proposed a solution to a major problem that's ravaging the nation's library system and that problem is childhood literacy which really fucks up Christianity's plan. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Kids can read the Bible themselves. That's, that's no good for the church. If they read other books, that's also bad. But specifically, Robertson wants to put an end to drag queen story hours where local drag queens read stories to kids. And he told his audience to make that happen by getting all these librarians <laughs> voted out of office. What? <laughs> what? You know, during our next cycle of librarian elections that we have. <laughs> you keep waiting, Pat. I tell you what, Pat, why don't you and yours just hold off voting till the librarian right, elections? Yes, you can do them all you, at once. If you don't vote in the presidential elections, you get extra votes in the librarian ones. I don't know if you... True. I, yeah. Maybe it's because once you voted, like, in a library, I have right. no fucking idea. He knows that there's taxes involved. <laughs> it's a mystery. And, uh, of course, this type of news wouldn't be complete without some input from Christian shrieking head Peter LaBarbera president of the officially designated hate group called Americans for Truth About Homosexuality. And according to him, quote, this is like mental rape and actual quote. What? So is it? Is that what it's like? Having a job where we listen to Peter LaBarbera? I mean, it's not great. <laughs> I wouldn't call in. Well, I, I feel like like green eggs and ham has a very rapey vibe to it. Yeah. So it, I guess it depends on the book. 
<laughs> Told you I didn't want the fucking egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so drag is like mental rape. Uh, not his best simile, not no. his best work, a little tenuous. But just when I was about to dismiss La Barbera entirely, he brought up a really thought-provoking question. He asked, quote, if blackface is wrong, then why is drag okay? End quote. And I've been really trying to find a distinction there, but I am stuck. <laughs> those, those are the same, right? Drag yeah. and blackface. Yeah. Who can forget the hundreds of years that gay men owned share? <laughs> <laughs> so, so drag queens are obviously terrifying to Christian people. And let's go ahead and keep that in mind for you know, tactical purposes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But I'm not sure I understand why these story hours are so scary. I mean, kids are being read stories by men who are sometimes gay and are often wearing long, flowy, colorful gowns, which sounds a lot like a Catholic mass. <laughs> Just, you know, yeah, without silly. the centuries-long history of sexual predators. It seems like a win-win. <laughs> I don't get it. Step in the right direction, at least. Yeah. And finally tonight, in dumb shit that costs money news, Buena Ventura, Colombia is a port city known mostly for death. Apparently, the city is plagued by gangs, corruption, and ceaseless violence, but luckily for them, they have a hero in the form of Catholic bishop and man who has two business cards that you have to hold next to each other, Monsignor Ruben Dario Jaramillo, I'm not done yet, Montoya, who plans to fix the city's woes through a combination of magic and gumption. Pretty oh, bad to die. What? Magic and Gumption are heathenized inevitable stage names for our Christian comedy tour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the plan, as delineated on a local morning radio show, is to use a Navy helicopter to fly all over the city and sprinkle holy water over all the cocaine demons. Huh. Uh, pro tip, guys. Throw some baking soda in there, too. With the holy <laughs> yeah, water. No, a little more profit. Something interesting is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. All right, so according to Montoya, they'll, quote, go around the whole of Buenaventura from the air and pour holy water on it to see if we exercise all those demons that are destroying our port. End quote. At first, I was like, why don't we just burn some money? But my friends were like, eh, do we have something a little more theatrical? You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, to be super clear, every indication is that there actually will be a major reduction in violence over the next couple of months, but not because of the aerial sprinkling that Montoya has in the works. It's actually because a bunch of improvements that came from secular humanitarian groups after Catholic groups had failed the city for decades. So think of this as the Catholic equivalent of like when Eli jumps in on the last three words of a definition and then pretends that he knew what we were talking about. Talking about exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I guess we can close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Switch the holy water out for pee. That's a great idea. And when we come back, the Bible will be here to still suck. When we first set out to do a book-by-book -book retelling of the Bible, one of the biggest challenges for me was coming up with new intros every damn time we did it. And when Eli decided we should do the whole thing again, he said, don't worry, I'm sure intros will occur to you as we go. So without further ado, we're pleased to present yet another installment of Bible Peace Theater. Last time on Bible Peace Theater. How come Moses gets to do all the talking to God? 
dead. Hey, um, I have a question about the... Murdered. Uh, I was, oh. Hi, I was looking for the... Oh, no, you don't. Um, I, I think that last guy was just looking for the bathroom, but... Meh. Rule of threes. Hi, I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. Can I get some quiet, please? Please, thank you. Uh, so, I realize that you're not all super happy right now with God. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he killed like 15,000 people this week. Yes, There's that. yes, he did. He made the Earth swallow up a guy and his family for not going to a magic battle with you. Yes, uh, he did that as well. Uh, but I think you guys are all going to be pretty impressed with what he has planned. Now, did everybody bring sticks with their names on them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, let's just put those all in front of the tabernacle and see what happens. <clears throat> I said, we'll see what happens. Well, how about that, guys? The, the, the stick with Aaron's name on it grew flowers. Flowers, yeah, that's pretty special, huh? I mean, it's fine. Yeah. What? You guys aren't... Super impressed by that? Um, no, no, not really. Kind, kind of no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, fit. God was pretty sure that was going to put an end to all the murmurings. Not no, what our murmuring no, not was really. about. So, That's no. not why we were murmuring. Yeah. I mean, he could stop murdering us. That would maybe do Okay, it. Yeah, okay. I see what you guys want. Oh, fine. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. Uh, Two flower sticks. Really? Okay. Wait. Let's hear him out. This guy gets it. I'm telling you, you wipe with your hand. It's the best. Uh, don't you lose sand that way? I mean, uh, if you like it sandy, then I yes. I you, you do. I very Hey, much... everybody. Hey. Oh, God, it's him again. Ugh. Yep. Hi. Um. So, spoke to God again, and I uh, got some news. And he said you get all the best meat and don't have to do any of the other work and that anyone who comes near your secret hideout is gonna die. Yeah, you guys are getting good at this. Yes, exactly. But uh, also, uh, he's got the word, in addition to the meat thing that you just said correctly, uh, gonna need 10% of everybody's money. What? What? You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds sounds a little weird at first, but God said that's how it goes. So okay, I'm I'm sorry, but this is just such an obvious con. Like exactly. God said, you, His priests, need ten percent of everyone's income. Like, how long do you think you could possibly pull this off? Five thousand years. So you guys taking resumes or no? To- no, we're not. Darn. Attention, everyone. Sorry, quick announcement. The following people are gross. Dead people. Sick people. Uh, poor people. Sick poor people. Dead people who used to be sick and or poor. Uh, so if you touch anyone like that, you know, yuck. Gonna need you to stay away from me for a holiday weekend. Uh, question. Like... Uh, an Easter weekend or like a three day? A uh, three day. Okay, cool. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Hey, Moses? 
Yeah, Thera. Who, who the fuck is Miriam? She's our sister. Wait, we have a sister? Yes. Yes, remember when I was a baby and someone put me in the blanket and sent me down the road? That was her. Oh. How long has she had a name? Uh, since just now. Oh. Okay. This is a weird book. Um, so wait. Am I leaving in this part of the show? I mean, I don't think so, right? Like, I feel like if there's a new press secretary, we maybe just work that in as like a third character that Don can do or something. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I feel like we've underused Tyler lately. Well, you know, he's been doing Moses, so pretty much all of these are dialogues oh, between the... right, right. The I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, Mr. God? Uh, what now, Moses? Uh, yeah, well, the, um, the Jews are murmuring again uh, because this time... They don't have any water? Oh, my God. Gee, how often do you people need to drink? Um, every day. What? Every, that's crazy. How are you pissing away all the water? With our, the, the pissing parts of our bodies, I guess. Wait, sorry. Do you literally piss away water? Why would I make you that way? That makes no sense. Why would you piss away? No. Um, sir? Uh, you remember when you were making them? You said you were pissed off, and and Tyler said that doesn't make sense, and so you said I'll make it make sense. You know, yes, I do. Now that you bring mm-hmm. that conversation, yep. Yeah. All right, fine. They can have some water. Go hit a rock; it'll make water. Just any rock. Yeah, any rock. You know, give it a smack. Okay. So I just, I just. Oh take- my me go! Oh, so- sorry, sorry. Jews, Jews, behold, I give you water. I I give you water. Finally. Hey, Mr. God, I I just want to come by and thank you for the water that came out of the... the fuck was that, Moses? What, What was what? Um, hitting the rock? Yes, I, I, I hit the rock just like you said, and water came out like you said. No, it was. no, no, no. You hit the rock twice. Yes, I, it wasn't coming out. After. I was building a moment. I'm sorry, you were bi- yeah, building? building a moment. Now, the water came out on two. You know, the magical number of two. Moses, you know how everyone counts to two? That old rule of twos? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, yeah. Uh... yeah, you bet you're sorry. Because this punishment, you know what? You don't get to see Israel. You or your brother don't get to see Israel. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to be clear here. As punishment for d- double-clicking your magic spell, you're not going to let me, Moses, leader of the Jews who brought everyone out of slavery and through the deserts, even see the promised land? Exactly. Oh, but like, keep leading everyone there, okay? I, you're not dead yet. I just need you to oh, get them there. Yeah, no, totally. Things usually work out great for people who fire me, then ask me to keep working for them. Meta. Hey, Eliezer, Aaron, I'm so glad I caught you guys. Oh, what's up, Moses? Yeah, what's up, Uncle Moses? Okay, so good news, bad news. Um, because I hit that rock twice, Aaron, you're going to have to go up this mountain with me and then give Eliezer 
all of your clothes and then die. I'm sorry, what? I don't want you to die. Wait, 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 wait. Because you hit a rock twice, I have to go up a mountain, give my son my clothes and die. Yep. Yep. Sorry, that's, that's entirely my bad. I uh, Yeah. Um, what's the good news? It's a very nice walk. Oh, cool. You hear that? There's a hike. Oh, I hate hiking, too. You do? Yeah, man, we're Jews. Yeah, you gotta get really wet. Really? Because, I, honestly, I feel like I'm a slip and slide, as it is. Well, I'm just saying, if you want it to fit... Excuse me, need- I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. God? Oh, look, Sarah, if it isn't two knocks Moses, what is it this time? Uh, well, the Jews were wondering... Uh, oh, maybe what? You- they want more bread, they want more water, more please don't murder me. I've just had it up to here with no, you people. It, it's, it's nothing like that. They were just wondering if maybe you could kill all the Canaanites. Oh, I mean, Moses, yeah, I would I would love to kill the Canaanites for yeah, you guys. Okay, cool. They, they promised to burn down all the cities if you dude, do. Dude, so. you had me at please kill. Seriously, this is my pleasure. I'm happy to kill the Canaanites. Wow, really? Uh, would you mind doing exactly the same thing in Shihan to the Amorites and, and well, really this incredibly long list of other places too? Or As long as you make sure you repeat it in the book over and over again, I'm in. Great, thanks. Still going to die outside of Israel. Yes, I remember that. Because of the two knots. No, I got it. Yes. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Balaam's Reader of Fortunes and Palms. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, Balak sent me, uh, uh, king of Moab. Oh, nice. How is Balak? Uh, not not great, actually. See, there's this oh. tribe out of Egypt, and they've just been out there, like, fucking up everybody's shit. We could really use some kind of a curse. Oh, happy to do it. Let me just have a quick dream chat with God, and I'll get back to you in the morning. Cool. Um, So do I, like... Do I wait here, or are you going to text me later, or, um... Oh, I'd prefer if you wait here, but just outside. Cool. Cool. Ah, excuse me. God? God? Balaam, what's going on, dude? Ah, not much. Got a request for a curse from, uh, Balak, king of Moab? Apparently these new folks, the Jews, giving him a heck of a time. Ooh, no can do, broski. I got, I got this whole chosen people thing going on with them, so um, I'm uh, afraid I got to throw out the big N-O on the curse for that one. Oh, all right. I'll tell them. It's weird that you have access to me like this. Oh, aye, it is, yes. In the book. Lou, Lou, Lou. Doing Moab stuff. Moab stuff is my favorite stuff. Uh, your highness? Yes. Hi, I'm, I'm Dave. I'm the messenger that you sent to Balaam. Oh, weird. Um, I thought you'd sound much different. Right, right. I was going to do it. Eli said his performance as Kyle was, quote, too moving to be topped. Was it, though? I don't. Really? I mean, he started crying when we talked about it. So I didn't follow. Oof. Rough. Oh, okay. Um, what's up? Yeah, right. So I spoke to Blame, uh, who spoke to God. 
I guess he's pretty firmly on the Jews' side here, so no, no curse. Did did you offer him gold and jewels? Uh, no. What? Why not? Why wouldn't well, you do I, that? I, I'm, I'm, I, can I just randomly offer people gold and jewels on on your behalf? Uh, like, you can when I ask you to go get a curse guy. Okay, but. At, like, how was I supposed to know that? Uh, what, whatever. It, it's fine. It's fine. Just go offer him gold and jewels now. Right? right. I mean, I just got back. Yes, so. no, right now. Yes, absolutely right okay. now. Are you serious? All right, fine. Fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, last thing. Sorry. Come back. Come back. Uh-huh. Come back. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get ice cream when you're out? Okay. Uh, what, what kind of ice cream would you like? Mmm, ah, chocolatey. Okay, so some chocolate ice cream. No, 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 listen with your ears, chocolatey. Oh, right, okay, gotcha, chocolatey ice cream. Can I pay for that Mm. in gold and jewels? Yes, gold, what would you say? Yes, gold and jewels. Gotcha. Hi, welcome to Bellam's Reader of Fortunes and Palms. How can I help you? Uh, Hi, yeah, I was... I was just here last week about the curse for the for the Jews. Oh, that's wonderful. How did that work out for you? What? No, it, you couldn't you couldn't give me one, remember? Oh. No, I don't remember. I'm terribly sorry. I get a lot of foot traffic. Okay. Okay, well, yeah. But I, I mean, I spoke to King Balak and he says that you can have a bunch of gold and jewels if you'll curse the Jews. Now. Well, I mean, uh, I can ask, but uh, I can ask God, but this is over my head. Okay, yeah, uh, please do that. Okay, see you tomorrow, right outside there. Wait, again, fine, fine, I'll see you tomorrow. My main man Balam, what's up, buddy? Seeing a ton of you this week. Aye, well, it's Balak again. He said I can have a bunch of jewels this time. So, I was wondering if maybe I could change your mind on the whole curse the Jews issue. I'm sorry, I hate to be this guy, but I really cannot budge on this one. Oh, well that's too bad. Uh, But, I'll tell you what, why don't you go with the guy, right? Go with him, but you just say the stuff I tell you to, okay? Say what you tell me to. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'll, like, give you little messages. Okay, this is a this is quite the weird plan, right? Oh, of course, I get the mule with the crying baby right behind me. How you doing back there, Balam? Uh, I am terribly sorry. My mule doesn't want to seem to move. Well, come on, come on. Hey now, there's no need to strike me. Wait, wait a darn minute. My mule can talk. I can! Sorry, are we... Are we really going with Ben Carson for the donkey voice? Yes, come on, it's perfect! Uh, I don't know. It feels... Uh, racist? What? How? How is that I, ra- I don't know, just... You know, mule, African-American guy, there's that, it's something... That's not a thing. Uncomfortable. It's at least kind of a thing. It's kind of a thing. He has one line! We're not gonna... Well, come no, on. it's not, not really about the number. Uh, gonna go ahead and veto 
Ben Carson voice as the donkey. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, double veto. I knew I should have made Moses' new wife Ben Carson. This I am not having that fight with you again. As I was seeing, you can talk. I sure can. Well, why weren't you moving? Because there was an angel in my way. See? Hey, hey. Holy fuck, where did you come from? Uh, the worst state that isn't Mississippi. No, no, I meant where, how did you get oh, here? Oh, oh, I, no, I, I was here the whole time. Whoa. Well, donkey, I was wrong to be mad at you. Does God not want me to go to Belloc? No, no, you're you're still good. Just um, just want to say hey. So, hey. Oh, hey. Well, donkey, I owe you an apology. I'll forgive you for some garlic bread. <laughs> what? That's my my garlic bread's my thing. I'm the the pug pugacorn voice. Classic. She gets bug pugacorn. See, New York. Blum. Thanks for coming. How was the trip? Absolutely bonkers. An angel stopped my donkey, and then it started talking, and then... Great, great. So, um, about the curse on the Jews. Really? No follow-up questions? None at all? Uh, fine, Mm. fine. Let's go sacrifice some shit and see what God has to say. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Wait, so your donkey talked? No, 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 it's fine. Moments passed. No, let's talk no, about it. No, no, it's all right. I, w- I want to know. I really want to know. I'm not just patronizing you. And Balaam went with Balak, and they came upon Kirjathuzot. They came upon a place to sacrifice some things. All right. Uh, got all the pyres going. You ready? Oh, I am ready. Okay, uh, do your thing. Whisper, 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 whisper. Boy, the Jews are so great. Whisper, whisper, I whisper, could whisper. never curse anyone that God loved so much. Good Jews. Um, um, what the fuck was that? That was. Uh, my prophecy. What? You you were supposed to curse the Jews, not bless the Jews. Okay, hold on a second. Um, uh... uh okay, 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 okay. Let, let's, um, let's try a different place, I guess. Oh, sure. Great. Uh, Zophim and Pisgah. Here we go. Uh, ready? Aye. Okay, and curse away. Whisper, 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 whisper. Okay, I uh, I meant what I said. Whisper, 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 whisper. God likes the Jews. Whisper, whisper. They whisper, are whisper, as whisper, strong whisper. as a unicorn. Are you fucking serious right now? What did they we just are, say? They are as strong as a uni- no, no, unicorn. No, 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 no. I heard you. I heard you. That was just the prophecy from before, but now with a made-up creature, well, no, how is that it? better? Unicorns are real. All right, now, third time's the charm, eh? Is it? I? Okay. Gonna murder you. Okay. Last altar. Pure. Here we go. Whisper, 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 whisper. God is the best. 
He's really, really great. Mm-hmm. And, and so are the Jews. Not as great. Whisper, 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 and God whisper. is strong as a unicorn. Oh my God, a unicorn? And really? I'm, I did warn you. No, no. Okay, you did. You did. I blame myself for choosing you, honestly. That's that's valid. Well, hey, no, no hard feelings. Do you want me to tell you your fortune? It's free. Um, I guess. Fine. Yeah. Uh, what's my fortune? Okay, you and your kids and your whole kingdom and a bunch of other kingdoms are all going to die. Great. Awesome. So glad I brought you out here. Well, there is one more thing. Okay, what's that? Here. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Hey, that actually might help. So. All right. Well, see you around. Yup, yeah. Thanks, Blum. See ya. No problem. You're still gonna die. Yup, got it. Thank you, Blum. Thank you. And on that mysterious foreshadow, we'll take a break, but we'll be back in a month for more Bible Peace Theater. Before we burn down to a nub tonight, I wanted to let you know that if you're going to be anywhere within driving distance of Williamstown, Kentucky this weekend, you're cordially invited to protest Ken Ham's Genocide and Incest Park with me on Saturday, July 6th. The Tri-State Freethinkers are putting a whole thing together. I think this is their fourth annual protest. I'm going to be speaking there along with a bunch of other people. Whole thing starts at 10 a.m. You can find a link with more info on the show notes, or if you follow our Twitter or you like us on Facebook or whatever, we'll put a bunch of information there, too. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,020 two minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, an even newer episode of our sister show's Hot Friend Got Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this episode wouldn't even make it out of its chrysalis if I neglected to thank Heath Enright, voice of sanity and preventure. I need to thank Eli Bosnick, voice of Hannity and conjecture. I need to thank Lucinda Lusions, voice of amnesty and indenture. I also want to thank... Shit, I know there's another... It's slipping my mind, but it's, it's going to be somebody voices something and something, probably. I also want to thank Emily for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. By the way, in case you were wondering what the smell she was talking about was, the sound file was just labeled poop. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most spectacular specimens. Another Andrew, not a lawyer, Mike, Chance, Pedro, Clarissa, Jim, other Jim, Becky, Shannon, Lauren, and optimistically, Andrew's optimism is too optimistic. Another Andrew, Mike, Chance, and Pedro, whose dicks are so suckable they have to carry around a nutrition's fact sheet for their spunk. Clarissa, Jim, other Jim, and Becky, whose mighty fists make the LHC kind of redundant. And Shannon, Lauren, and Andrew's optimism, who are so badass they're allowed to fill in bubbles with a number three pencil. Together, these 11 elated elites elected elevate our elegies by giving us money. Not everybody has the heartfelt generosity it takes to give us money, but if you care about us enough, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingadius, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended every version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingadius.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robinson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark. Wells wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingadius.com. I'm not out of breath yet. You're the one that's out of breath. I can still keep talking. I might not be able to actually form sentences, but I can still keep talking because I still have breath to do it. You ever talking to a stranger and you bring up something like that that we know and they're like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to you got to be like, oh no, no, yeah, a, the poop and the holy real. water really actually all of the holy water. If you go to that baptismal font, it's like four parts shit, it's two parts water. Shit, you got to read articles about what shit is in. Anyways, I won't be the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.